Good evening, everybody. Happy Sunday. Here we are, Sunday service, August 8th. Today, we're going to be talking about seller financing mobile home parks. We have a mobile home park that we just closed on a couple of days ago that we are going to break down, talk about, show you guys what our plan is to amplify its profitability by about 50% over the next 12 months. As it stands right now, the deal came from a wholesaler who had no idea what to do with the deal, came to one of my students. I paid one of my students a $30,000 assignment fee to bring me a deal at full retail. Um, that's right. I bought this at full retail on seller finance, which means the seller financed the deal to us. We did not qualify. I've actually never even spoken to the seller and the seller is my bank to the tune of half a million dollars. I've never even spoken to the seller. So all, all these people are running around getting qualified for loans and big juicy down payments and um, you know all these types of things. We're running around grabbing cash flow like crazy. This property that we purchased is down in Yuma, Arizona. We're going to talk about that deal today, kind of break down how many lots we have, what the average lot rent is, what the address of that property is. And we're actually going to go through the settlement statement of the deal so you guys can see how much money we raised for the deal, um, how we raised that money, where the money came from, all that kind of stuff, how much we're paying our, our um, lenders, when are we paying our lenders back. All of these things are going to be talked about today during Sunday service. So, so glad to have you all here. I did start early because I was so excited to talk to you guys. So if you're on my YouTube channel, thank you so much for being on the YouTube channel. We still have people tuning in on the old Facebook page, which I appreciate and I love that. Some people just don't love YouTube. YouTube is the better way to go and I'll tell you why. Because we'll get hundreds of people in YouTube, they're all collaborating, they're getting each other's phone numbers, they're doing deals together, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then there's like 30 or 40 people over in the Facebook group wondering why they're not getting as much collaboration. So guys, if you want more collaboration, go to the YouTube channel, pace, uh, youtube.com forward slash Pace Morby. You'll see the live stream, click on that, subscribe to the channel. We're here live every Sunday, 7 p.m. So. I'm also on Instagram Live, so everybody on Instagram Live, hello. Unfortunately, you can't see the screen sharing that we're doing right now. I am screen sharing this mobile home park right here, and we're breaking down each lot today, step by step by step. So if you wanna tune into the YouTube channel, jump on there, you'll be able to see all of my screen share. And guys, welcome to the show. Let's jump into it. Um, Tanisha says, happy Sunday, good to see you in here. All, as always, Tanisha, you're amazing. Nisha Hyde, what is up? Um, ooh, Josh Corby says, Pace, I spent the whole week writing down questions to ask you on Sunday service. I would really appreciate the help, Pace. So Josh, a couple of things for you. Number one, be happy to answer your questions. Number two, a lot of my students are in the comment section. So tell them what you need, how, you can, how they can help you. They will do deals with you. In fact, the deal that I'm going to talk to you about tonight was actually a student of a different mentorship who had no idea how to get this deal done and came to one of my students and my students paid full retail for the deal, meaning full value. No other wholesaler could even come close to this. And um, that wholesaler made money. My student made 30 grand, 30 grand for bringing the deal to us. And still to this day, I've still never even spoken to the seller. So it should be a, a lot of fun. Dylan Good, 
says, first Sunday service I've been to in a while. Dylan Good and I have done deals together. He's an amazing student of mine. So if you guys need some help, reach out to Dylan Good. Um, man, a lot of amazing people in here. So let's get started. So this deal comes to me pretty recently. Sorry, I'm not looking at you guys. I'm looking at my iPad, which I will be sharing everything with you guys. We're going to be showing you guys some settlement statements. Okay. I'm going to be showing you guys exactly what a deal like this looks like. Let's see. Yuma, Arizona, 287. Let's see. Boom, boom, boom. 287, 2871 West 5th Street in Yuma, Arizona. Let's pull this thing up on, Yuma, on uh, Zillow or maybe on Maps. Whatever it freaking wants me to do. Brand new iPad, guys. So thank you so much for being patient. Let's turn this into satellite mode and make it so you guys can see what this thing looks like from the air. Boom. All right, check it out. So this is the unit, this is the park. Um, you can see it's kind of a skinny sliver. And I will also share it with you on my main notes. So check it out. We already gave you the address. If you guys want to pull that up one more time for anybody that really wants to see proof, here you guys go. 2871 West 5th Street, Yuma, Arizona. I bought it in a company called Moving Forward Ventures. And let's just make sure. Let's just double check. I want to make sure that we are getting... There's my settlement. No, let's see, where's my settlement statement? I want to show you guys actual closing documents. Let's see if we got those. There we go. Settlement statement. Booyah. 2871 West 5th Street right here on the screen. You guys can see that I bought it from Ruben C. Diaz, who I've never spoken to in my life. You can see the address of the property right there. And we closed escrow, I believe, a couple of days ago. Um, this email, at least, was sent to me on 72221, so a couple of weeks ago. This was before we actually closed escrow. The total purchase that I made, check it out, $633,160. So let's put that in there, $633,160. Why is that important? Well, we're going to bring it up throughout the live today, why that number is so significant, why that's important. $633,000. The engineers are going to lose their mind because I'm not using exact numbers. Um, Cody says, I'm going to go lay down. If not, I'm happy to jump on. Cody, do not worry about jumping on here. Let me text Cody real fast and just let him know he does not need to be in here. Um, I'll just let him take a break. Sorry guys, new iPad. And of course it has all the sounds and all the things going on with it. All right, here we go. Um, Ramon Cardona says, hey Pace, I need help if you can take a few minutes. It's kind of off topic. I need help with a seller question to try and close a deal. Okay, I'm happy to help you out. We'll jump on that in a little bit. It's so funny because like people really get excited about the dedicated topics, but there's always a few people that are like, I don't care about the topic. I have a question and I'm happy to jump on that. So we'll jump on that in a little bit. Okay. Um, 
let's jump in. Let's jump back into this. So $633,000. Sorry, guys, I really want to get through this and then we can jump into some Q&A. Give me about 20 minutes on this deal and we'll be really, really quick. So as you can see, I bought the property for $633,000. Here's how that broke down. Um, I brought $128,000 to the table. And what does that mean? That means I actually brought in $120,000 in cash. Now, this is none of my own money. So none of Pace's money. So still, um, my, my return, it's really interesting, my return on all of my investments, my return on all my deals is this little fancy thing right here, which means infinite. I have an infinite return because I didn't put any of my own money. None of that $128,000 is my own money. So where did that $128,000 go? Here's where it went. $128,000 goes to title. The title company that we went with was absolutely atrocious, but the seller wanted to go with them. So we went with them and we followed through with the seller. And going forward, I will never let the seller choose the title company ever again. But $100,000 went to the seller. All right. Seller got a down payment of $100,000. Now this freaks a lot of people out because they're beginners, right? And they think, oh my gosh, I don't have $100,000. Well, guys, e either did I. I didn't use 100,000. I used somebody else's money. So remember that. Remember, we teach you guys how to raise private capital. So I raised private capital, my private investor, and I'll bring that in like terms, how much money I'm paying them, when I'm paying them off. I'll bring that up in just a little bit. Okay. So here we go. I, um, you know, this is a little bit trickier of a deal. I don't talk about these that often because a lot of people get unmotivated and they go, oh my gosh, I have to go raise $100,000 to do these types of deals. Guys, no, you don't. Just giving you a good example of a deal that we just closed this week. So $100,000 went to the seller as a down payment. That means I still owe the seller $500,000 because that's what the purchase price was. Okay. So the purchase price was um, $600,000. I gave the seller $100,000 down and I still owe the seller, which now becomes my bank. I still owe the seller $500,000 over 30 years. Okay. Pretty dope. Now, the other $28,000 went to my, the person who brought the deal to me. They made $28,000 roughly in an assignment. Okay. Now, what's interesting about this is that this was a home, a mobile home park purchased at full retail. And for people who are brand new that don't know what full retail is, let me walk you through that just real quick. Okay. What that means is that if I was a wholesaler and I see a seller wanting, let's say the house with the mobile home park is worth $600,000. Okay. Mobile home park is worth $600,000 on, let's say, Zillow or iComp it, and I just value it at $600,000. Most wholesalers are going to come in here, and they are going to offer the seller $400,000 or less. Okay, so that's what happened. A wholesaler went to the seller, and the seller says, I want my $600,000. Wholesaler says, oh my gosh, I can't pay that much. The most I can pay is four hundred dollars because then I'm going to have to assign it to somebody else who's going to use cash or a hard money loan, and I'll be able to sign it for like $420,000 and hopefully make $20,000 if I can convince you to sell to me at $400,000. So because we use creative finance, we use sub two, seller finance, et cetera, 
my student actually locked this up at $600,000 and made more money, made a $28,000 assignment fee, made more money than a wholesaler would have locking it up at $400,000. So think about that for just a second. A creative finance investor made $28,000 paying full retail. A creative finance investor made $28,000 assignment assigning a deal at full retail, actually over full retail because I paid $28,000 over retail. Crazy, right? Crazy. And the best part about it is that my student, his name is Steven. I want Steven to bring me more of these deals. So what I did with Steven is I told him, I'm going to give you 5% ownership of this park above your $28,000 because I want you to be incentivized to be my partner and my boots on the ground in that local area. Steven, of course, agreed. He got a $28,000 assignment fee plus he now has 5% ownership in something he never even had to bring any money to the table. In fact, he got paid to be my partner. Think about that. Name a wholesaler doing that. Name a wholesaler doing that. And I, I, will, I will interview that person because, oh my gosh, that is the beautiful thing about creative finance is that my student, one, made 28 grand paying full retail. Two, became a partner of mine, not bringing any money to the table. In fact, he got paid to bring the deal to the table. And number three, my student got the deal from a wholesaler who couldn't do anything with it. Imagine that as a business model. Imagine a business model where you don't have to actually generate any leads. All you have to do is know a few strategies that other knucklehead wholesalers don't know and put yourself in a position where you can handle leads like this, structure them properly, give the seller what they want. Actually, the seller is going to make way more money going with us and we are going to make way more money than a wholesaler ever would have, even at a $200,000 lower purchase price. So, Addison Walker, this means that I'm not doing a good job explaining this to you because I did, ex I did say this out, mul I say this multiple times. The wholesaler did not get the deal under contract. Addison Walker, let me be very clear with you, the wholesaler had no effing clue what to do with this deal. No clue. The only thing is that my student does outreach to all of these wholesalers in their local area and says, I can help you with these tricky situations. So my student got the deal under contract and helped the wholesaler make a referral fee. The wholesaler made a referral fee. My student made 28 grand. I don't know what the referral fee, probably 500 to a thousand dollars for taking a dead lead off your plate that you couldn't do anything with, that's the magic of creative finance. My student is the one that locked it up at 600,000. Now, I'm gonna tell you what my student saw in the deal because what do we do in creative finance? Well, obviously I just showed you. First thing in creative finance is we assign and wholesale deals. Isn't that crazy? We assign and wholesale deals and make more money than most wholesalers do at a lower purchase price. Okay. I'm telling you, I am telling you that you need to squat up with my students because my students will help you dramatically and I will buy those deals. Okay. 
The wholesaler didn't know how to handle this. My student had uh, skills and tools that they learned from me. My student a year ago was Googling how to get rich. And then Google told my student to get into real estate. And that is where my student came from by being in my program. Now is a partner with me on this mobile home and another mobile home, we're a mobile home park that we're closing on this week. Okay. So again, guys, if you're just a wholesaler, good luck. Good freaking luck. I'm telling you how absolutely overwhelming and competitive it is in this marketplace, especially as prices are going up. The only people can pay full retail are creative finance investors. Now, let's talk about this. What did we see in the deal? Okay, here's what we see in the deal. After a $100,000 down payment and a um, a uh, $30,000 assignment that I paid my student, we closed escrow. I didn't have to, I've never spoken to the seller. Ironically, the seller is my mortgage company because the seller is seller financing the deal to me. So I make a monthly payment to that seller. So let's break this deal down. I still owe $500,000, right, to my seller who is no longer the owner. They are now the bank, okay? The seller is now the bank. What's cool about that is that my payment to that seller is $4,000 per month. Okay, so I make a $4,000 monthly payment to that seller. Then I brought in a private lender. My private lender, who I still owe 100, again, I brought in private money for the entire deal. I, owe the, I own this 32-unit mobile home park no money out of my pocket. I am the sole owner minus a 5% profit share that I gave my student. I am the sole owner of this deal. And my payment to my private lender, this is kind of cool, payment to my private lender is $1,280 per month. I'm paying my, I'm paying my private lender 12% interest on this deal in second position. So 12% interest, second position, I have a one-year agreement with them, and I'm going to refinance them out with either another lender or I'm going to pay them off with cash that I make on this deal, okay? So here's what's cool about this. I have a payment of $4,000. I have a payment of $1,280. So check it out. That's $5,280 per month. So let's take a guess. Most of, my, most of my lenders are at 10%, but this lender, we gave them 12%. They're um, a lender that's been with us for a long time. We borrow a lot of money from them. And they specifically asked us for 12% on this deal and we gave it to them. But most of our, seller, or most of our lenders are eight to 10%. Cool. So Joe Wilson's asking the next question, which is great. So if I have a payment of $5,280 a month, what we really need to do Okay, what we really need to do is we really need to figure out how much does this thing cash flow. So let's talk about this. Now, right now, okay, right now, this is my mobile home park on the screen. You guys can see the rents on the screen. 650 for this one, 300, 300, 245. You can see this person's been in there a long time. This is a new tenant right here, 525. Anybody over 450 is a newer tenant, okay? Um, so we have new people in here and a lot of old people. So this person's been notified. All these people have been notified. Okay. All these people have been notified that we are raising the lot rent 
to, sorry, my screen is freaking out, guys. It's not happy right now. So we are raising the lot rent to $475 per month over 32 mobile homes. So right now, the amount of income this park brings in is $10,585 per month. Okay. Ooh, yeah. Comma high, good to see you. Good to see everybody here. So this mobile home park brings in $10,585 per month. Let's go back down here. $10,585 per month. So if I bring in 10,000, dang it, now I forgot the number. Sorry, guys. 10,585, that's the number. 10,000. $585 per month is what my income is. Everybody's on time. All the tenants are on time. A lot of these tenants that are staying in here are vets or they're retired. They're on fixed income. Those types of things are going on. So nobody really falls behind. I think, um, so Paul M, is that 10K current or after price increase? We have not done the price increase yet. So let's go through. Great question. Uh, $10,585 is current right now. How did I arrive at 475? The way I arrived at 475, Brian, is by looking at lot rents in the area and where everything's trending. This is in Yuma, Arizona. So Yuma, Arizona gets a lot of people coming from California who are used to paying a lot higher lot rents, and Yuma is booming right now. The average lot rent in in Yuma is about 400 to $500 uh, $400 to $500 per month depending on the lot. So we are trending for, to 475. Will I hit 475? No, I'm not guaranteed to hit 475, okay? Now, Roman asks a good question. I'm gonna answer these questions one time because you know, you absolutely know people are gonna tune in about halfway through and ask the same question. Um, any of the, uh, are any of these parks owned homes or most are tenant owned? It's half and half, okay? So the way it's, done is we actually have our sheet here. You can see tenant owned. Yes. No. Yes. 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 No, no, no. Yes. No, 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 no. Yes. No, 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 no. So I own a lot of these. Okay. We own a lot of these and we give these guys um, just lot rent on those ones. And then there's other ones like this 650. Obviously, I'm not going for 650, but we've got some 650s. We've got um, a couple of 525s where we um, charge them for, for the home as well. But most of them are tenant properties that we are just giving them lot rent. Okay. So 10,585. So this is what we do on all of our numbers. $10,585 per month is the, the collections. That's what we collect every single month. Okay. Somebody's going to ask a question we've already come given the answer to. So I'll pause for a second, just kind of read through the comments. $10,585 per month. Now, if I have a payment to my seller and my private lender for negative $5,280 per month, so let's say seller and my lender, that leaves roughly $5,305 per month, okay? So $5,000. $305 per month. Now we already know that that's not net cash flow. I wish that was net cash flow and it will be. It, net cash flow will be there. But um, according to our landlord, not the landlord, according to the seller who's owned this park for years, 
the average cost to do landscaping, maintenance, repairs, vacancy, those types of things. By the way, guys, mobile home parks don't really have a lot of vacancies. They get filled up incredibly quick. Think about it. It's the last frontier. It's the last frontier as far as affordable housing goes. So do you think there's anything more affordable than a mobile home park? Absolutely not. There is not. And so people are clamoring. There's a waiting list for mobile home parks. So not really a lot of vacancy, but still what we're going to do is we're going to take off 15% of the collections for maintenance, repairs, vacancy, and things of that nature. Okay, just fluff. And where does that money go? I tell my students that goes into our war chest, that goes into vacancy, repairs, um, OPEX, um, a tree gets struck by lightning, insurance, all those types of miscellaneous things are um, being taken care of. Insurance, I mean, additional insurance above and beyond what I'm going to break down for you guys in a second. So 15% of $10,585 is, let's go through that real quick, $10,585, multiply that by 0.15, that is $1,587, okay? So I put $1,587 a month into my war chest. This protects me against vacancy, repairs, you know, we have landscaping, all those types of things. And then we have another $800 per month in taxes, insurance, and miscellaneous um, utilities. Okay, where did I come up with that number? I came up with this number from the previous owner. Okay, we already know the numbers. We looked at the books, okay? So, we are going to break this down one last time. So you got $10,585. That's what we collect, $10,585. We are going to subtract $5,280 and then subtract another $1,587 for our 15%. And then we are going to subtract another $800 per month. So as it stands right now, as it stands right now, before we do anything to the park, we are cash flowing $2,918 a month in net income. Okay, $2,918 in net income on one deal. Here's kind of the cool thing. Number one, I didn't have to find the deal. So, so many people are saying, how do I find deals? Well, I didn't have to find the deal. I had to know a skill that uh, solved somebody else's problem. Who's, what skill did I know? I knew creative finance. Whose problem did I solve? I solved the wholesaler's problem who didn't know their butt from a hole in the ground. And then the wholesaler um, helped the, whole, the seller get the number that they wanted. Once my student got involved, um, the the wholesaler who brought the deal to us didn't really have much to do with the deal other than stand there and wait for a referral fee. But still, that's how we found the deal. Okay. I didn't have to market. I didn't have to spend money. I just need to know a skill and how to solve that problem that somebody else had. Does everybody understand that? Okay. Next thing is how much credit did I use of mine? Well, I used zero credit. 
No credit was used at all. In fact, again, I've never even spoken to the seller. I've never filled out a a single application. The seller, I don't even know if the seller even truly knows my name. I bought it in an LLC. The seller wanted one thing. The seller wanted a, a, a number, which was $600,000. We gave the seller that number and that's all they really cared about. Okay. Now, did I use my own personal money? No, I did not. I did not use any of my own personal money. I brought in a private lender. Okay. Now, if you are somebody who's looking to private lend, please let me know. We are um, going to be buying about 40 more properties throughout the year. So if you guys want to lend to us and be involved in a deal with um, Cody, Matt, and myself, please DM me on Instagram. Happy to chat with you about that. Okay. Now, check it out. I didn't use any personal money. I didn't use any credit. Never even spoken to the seller. Didn't have to spend any money on marketing. And I just bought. Wow. I just bought myself $2,918 a month in net income from one deal. $2,918 in net income from one stinking deal. Okay. $2,918 in net income on one deal, not using any of my own credit, didn't even have to find the deal. The deal came to me because I know a skill that other people don't, wholesalers namely. Now, here's what we're going to do with it. We are sending out a notice. We've only owned this for a couple of days, so we haven't gotten to the point of sending the notices, but we are going to be doing that. The notice is going to tell everybody that we are going to start trending towards $475 per month. And what that does is that brings us to $15,200 per month in income. $15,200 a month in income on a deal. Now, here's what's interesting about this seller, and, and this is why mobile home parks pose such an amazing problem. Guys, hold on just a second. I'm going to turn my fan on. Give me just a second. Alrighty. So, sorry. It's 115 degrees today. So you can imagine, need to make sure my AC and my fan are cranking. So that is a, that's a pretty amazing thing. If I told myself 10 years ago that it would be possible for me to build an entire portfolio without any of my own money, without any credentials, what's a credential? W2. While all these other people going out and buying the bird, doing the burst strategy, some people don't know what the burst strategy is, Google it. People are going out there and utilizing the birth strategy, getting multiple loans on one deal, paying full retail, and then having all this cash of their own money tied up in the deal. Guys, we're buying deals directly from sellers, solving problems and giving them what they need without using any credit, without using any banks, without using any of our own money, and no credentials. I don't have to have a W-2. I don't have to go to a bank and say, yeah, I, yeah, bank, I've had a job for two. You guys haven't had a job in a long ass time. So people out there saying, well, I need a good job, good credit. I don't even, I truly am, I'm not, it's not that I'm proud of this. It's just that I've, I don't look at my credit score. I have no idea what my credit score is. I imagine it's in the 700 somewhere. Um, but I don't, use my, I don't use my own personal credit to buy any properties. So I'm never worried about what my credit score is. I'm not monitoring it and trying to tweak it up 10 points and 20 points so I can get a better, don't even care at all about that. I don't care at all about 
um, going to a bank. I don't worry about filling out a loan application. I have not filled out a loan application for a home in probably over 10 years. Crazy to think about. And if I told myself that that was something that I would be doing 10 years ago, I'd be like, okay, bro. Um, all right. What are you smoking? Right. But here we are. Let's go through that deal now. If we can bring in $15,200 per month on this deal versus what we were bringing in, let's talk about what we could actually make on this. So let's redo these numbers, okay? So 10,585, we're not gonna be making 10,585 any longer. At some point this year, we will accomplish raising the rents on these tenants. Now, this is what's interesting about the seller why didn't the seller just raise the rents? Well, because he's in his 70s. He's not in this full time. He doesn't even think about it. He's vacationing. He's playing golf. He's doing all these things. Do you think he's really thinking about raising the rents on all of his tenants? No. No, 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 no. That's the amazing thing about all of us and our opportunity with sellers is that we have the ability to go in and do things that they're too lazy to do and provide amazing opportunity for ourselves. So let's go through this. $15,200 per month. Of course, my payment, now I've got fixed costs, right? My payment to my seller and then my payment to my private lender is $5,280. I'm then going to still take out 15% as a hedge against future issues. So let's do that. $15,200. $15, Multiply that by 0.15. That is $2,280. So I'm going to put $2,280 a month over to the side. Um, and then I'm also going to have, um, let's see, what else do we got? We've got pro oh, property taxes, insurance, et cetera. So those are going to be fixed costs. And then I've also got, um, that's it. That's my, that's my total deal. Property taxes, insurance, then I've got miscellaneous operating expenses, utilities, all that stuff. Everything's included, okay? So let's do this math. Let's see what my net will ultimately be by the end of the year. $15,200 subtract 5,280 subtract 2,280. Sorry, guys. Somebody's gonna do it faster than me. This is what happens when you're on a live. It's really challenging to do this kind of stuff. 2,000, subtract 800. All right. So roughly, we will be in the green by the end of the year, roughly $6,840 per month on a deal that I didn't have to find the lead. I didn't have to negotiate with the seller. I taught my student how to talk to sellers and negotiate and structure deals. They did all that. They brought the deal to me of which I paid them a $30,000 fee. Wait, did I pay them a $30,000 fee or did my private lender pay them a $30,000 fee? My private lender did. Now with $6,840 in net income, $6,840 in net income, how many people on this on this one deal, $6,840 per month in net income, how many people could quit their job? I didn't say retire. How many people could quit their day job on one deal if it was this deal?
How many people could quit their job on this one deal? A deal that didn't require my credit, a deal that didn't require my money, a deal that didn't require me to have expensive lead gen or anything like that. I just simply knew a skill and how to handle a problem that somebody else didn't. How many people? Okay, Sharita, this is, this is a co very common question. How is the private lender paid back? Now, there's multiple ways a private lender is paid back. It just depends on the deal. Like we've got a deal right now where my lender has a five-year balloon with me. My lender says, I want my money back in five years. So what we did with our seller is we um, said, no problem. And we ended up refinancing the seller. I'm sorry, we re ended up refinancing out our lender with a different lender at year five. And then what we did later is that we ended up cashing them out um, with our own capital from a fix and flip. Sorry, my I, this new brand new iPad is just tripping out. It's having a hard time. I'm so sorry, guys. The screen is, it's a brand new iPad. So we cash them out with one of a hundred different ways. We could do a fix and flip and that fix and flip gives me 30 grand. Another fix and flip gives me 40 grand and I could plunk all that cash in there, but I really don't like doing that. Typically what we do is we'll hold a property. Let's say we have a short balloon or the seller or the lender wants us to pay them off at a certain amount of time. We'll just end up selling the property or we'll end up restructuring the deal. That's a longer answer that um, I usually will cover with my students for an hour to two hours and I'll break down and talk about each specific deal. But with this specific seller, the cash that I'm making from the deal will actually pay my lender off because I don't need to live off this cash. That's kind of the amazing thing about a lot of these deals is that I'm well past the point of needing, needing to live off of any of these things. So I'll just take this $6,840 a month and just hammer down my payments to the seller. I'm sorry, not to my seller, but to my lender. Um, we've also sold property. So let's say the property appreciates in value and we go, oh, we owe the seller money. We owe our lender money but we've got a nice, amazing spread. We sell the home, take our spread, and then we move or roll over our spread. We've got two deals going on right now just like that, where we're making about $80,000, $90,000 on the back end. And instead of us taking that $80,000, $90,000 after our lenders paid off, after our sellers paid off, we take that $80,000, $90,000, and now we can go do three, four deals with that $80,000, $90,000 now without a lender. And so it's an evolution. It's, an, it's, a, it's a growth. So for the first you know, five to 10 years of building a massive portfolio, you use a lot of private lenders. And then after a while, you start paying those private lenders off with the growth of your real estate or the growth of your cash flow. So on this particular deal, I actually will pay my $6,840 to my lender so that my lender is not only getting their monthly fee, but my lender is also getting a, a massive, massive pay down we don't need the money, so we're just paying our lenders down, okay? So that's what we're doing on that in, uh, particular deal. Um, Andy K says, if it wasn't for me getting denied twice by a lender to buy a home, I, I wouldn't have ran into the sub two family. Super blessed. Roman says, um, are you taxed on that cash flow? If so, what's the average percentage? So Josh Corby. Hey, Josh. Um, you know, I think we, you, you and I should jump on here real quick. I'm going to give you the link to the stream in the side chat. So link to the stream is currently in the side chat. Uh, side chat says streamyard.com. Guys, 
If you are not Josh Corby, please don't click on the link that I'm giving you because it's going to bring you backstage and then I'm going to have to kick you out of the backstage. Josh, join, jump on here and I'll, I'll go through there and um, uh, answer your questions that you had at the very beginning as well. John Johnson says, is it difficult to convince lenders to lend you money for money on your first deal? I would say it can be. And a lot of my students, for them, it becomes incredibly easy because they have the credibility of me. I'll do credibility emails. I'll do videos to my um, students so that they can go to private lenders and say, hey, I have somebody like, you know, Pace Morby backing me. He's technically my JV partner, those types of things. Okay. Um, all right. Sharita says, not Burr. No, I do not do Burr strategy. Burr sucks. Um, I'm not a big fan of Burr. Um, okay. Aaron Leet says, but Pace, you have all the relationships. It's not so easy for a beginner like me. Okay, well, isn't Stephen Crawford? Guys, it's so funny. Didn't I just say, don't join this stream if you're not Josh Corby? And we just had Miguel Quadra join the stream in the back channel. So Miguel, I'm so sorry, but I'm kicking you out of the studio. Um, Josh Corby, please click on the link that I put in the side chat so you can jump into the thing and we can have a conversation. So Aaron Leeds, if you're talking about a newbie with a lack of relationships, maybe we should talk about Steve Crawford and the fact that he is a pilot at a chemical plant, no relationships in real, in real estate whatsoever. Yet here he is making $30,000 assignment fees on a seller finance deal at full retail. A year ago, he didn't even know what real estate was. So I would say that that myth has completely been debunked, completely been debunked. Um, Steve Crawford a year ago knew nothing about real estate, nor did he know anybody in it, right? Um, I, I know Aaron Leeds. That was great. I like how he you played the devil's advocate. So Josh Corby, please jump in here. Um, also, it's funny because Josh Corby was like, I have so many questions at the very beginning of the stream. And of course, he's not coming in here. So I'm just going to continue on with my, my education. He said he had so many questions. He really needed the help. All right. So here we go. So on this deal, $6,840 per month. Now, any point did I even value the the property? Did I go through and comp the property? No, because what do I do? What do we do in creative finance? What do we do in por building portfolios? The main thing that we do is we buy cash flow. Now imagine that every single month, let's say you could do it, let's say every quarter, you could do a deal like that that brings in $6,800 and you do that four times a year think about how powerful that is. You're bringing in well over $25,000 per month in net cash flow. And this is how a lot of people say, well, how did you retire? Because that's essentially what I've done. I've retired. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done technically working. I didn't never need to worry about money ever again. All you really need are a couple of deals just like this. And you guys have seen me on deals where I'm netting 11 grand. I have a couple of deals I'm netting seven grand. And I have a lot of deals. I'm netting 400, 500, 800, 1200. I have a lot of those deals. But think about these types of deals. You do one of these, you never have to worry about your mortgage payment, your car payment, your groceries ever again in your entire life. Somebody had a great question. Okay. Somebody had a great question. Their question was, how am I taxed? 
So this is something that I teach my students. I actually will pay zero tax on my cash flow. And why is that? My cash flow, normal people that don't understand how the world works, normal people will put this in their name or their LLC and their normal name or their, or their regular name or their LLC will be taxed as regular income. Okay. And they'll probably be taxed at a rate of 30 to 40%, depending on what tax bracket they're in. Some people will say 20%, but people in my tax bracket are all being um, charged about 40 to 50%. So a normal person would pay regular income tax. Interesting, right? Think about that. But for me, we own this property in a charity. And this charity is a nonprofit. Now, I already know somebody's question that's not a non-student, right? Sharita says, could this deal have been a hybrid? Yeah, it could have been a hybrid, but not real. Actually, no, it wouldn't have been a hybrid because the seller owns the property free and clear, right? Thomas Gallant says, why would your student hand this deal to you for 28K when he could have made $6,000 per month himself? Well, Thomas, my student might not know how to raise capital as quickly as I can right? I'm years ahead of him. So for him, he says, you know what? I got this deal. It needs to close in a couple of weeks. I don't have the time to raise the capital that you already have access to. If I had a little bit more time, I probably could have, but you know what? You giving me a $28,000 assignment fee and letting me retain part ownership is a powerful tool because now my student can go out and raise more and more capital based on the credibility he has based on deals that he's done, right? And a lot of times, think about this too right? Think about this, Glenn or Thomas. Um, why would my student hand this deal to me for $28,000? When you're not me or when you're not somebody making a good amount of money on fix and flips and Airbnbs and wholesale deals and all these kind of things, sometimes you need the money. So when I raised the money for this deal, I didn't pay myself a fee. So have I made any money on this deal quite yet? The answer is no. I haven't made any money on this deal yet personally. Now, I've acquired $600,000 of real estate in my charitable foundation, which will be taxed as a nonprofit, which means I won't pay tax on my cash flow. Amazing. So that's $6,800 every, every single month that comes into my charitable foundation for owning this property will be non-taxable. Holy moly. Now, the next question most people are going to ask is, well, how do I pay myself? That's a question for another day. Okay, that's a question for another day. I've answered this for all my students. But let's go back to your question. Why would your student hand this deal to you for $28,000 when he could have made that $6,000 per month himself? Well, Thomas, that kind of breaks down of where you're at in your life. If you're somebody making $3,000 a month and you've got braces for the kids coming up and you've got this coming up and you got all this kind of stuff coming up, the amazing thing is my student took a deal at full retail and made $28,000 assigning the deal to me and keeping part ownership in the park. Think about that. He got paid and he was given ownership of the park by bringing the deal to the table. Sometimes people just need $28,000. I won't be paid on this deal for a couple of months. So what if my student coming from a less financially secure background says, you know, I really could use that $30,000 right, right now and a smaller piece 
um, as I build my portfolio and as I build my credibility and as I build my momentum, I really could use that $28,000. Hopefully that makes sense. It all kind of comes down uh, to where you are. Um, Chris Monroe St. Louis says, do you suggest holding all properties in a charitable type entity? Um, no, I don't. Why is this a non-taxable situation? Well, because my charity, which has to have 70% of my properties inside of my charity, running a profitable type, I'm sorry, not, not profitable, a charitable type of activity, I actually have to be charitable. So what is charitable about what I'm doing in a mobile home park? It is low income housing. Okay. So low income housing is charitable. Also assisted living, behavioral health, anything with VA programs, I don't have to say this because it's kind of the same thing. It's a little bit redundant, but section eight, those types of things will allow me, as long as 70% of my portfolio is tied up in these types of things, I can keep my charity um, non-taxable. So basically, let's say I have um, 10 doors. As long as seven of those doors are charitable and the other three are non-charitable, I can have, wow, my iPad is not loving this situation right now. I'm so sorry, guys. It's a brand new iPad. It needs to be updated or something. So um, I can take that cash and I am non-taxable on that cash, which is amazing. Now, again, so many people are going to be like, how do I pay myself? Well, you can pay yourself a management fee out of your... Um, there you go. Joe Wilson says, plus your student gets a car payment each month for being a part owner. There you go. That's infinite, right? Marco Huss, curious, did Steven negotiate with the sale with you prior to getting the mobile home park under contract? If not, how did he know he could find a buyer at full retail? Well, Mark Rojas, that's what I teach my students, right? What, I, I, I'm curious where that question comes from. My student has learned something from me right? So my student's gone through my program. He understands how to value things. He understands how to talk to sellers. He understands how to structure deals. He doesn't necessarily need me to tell him to go buy the deal. I just so happen to be the buyer. Now, we have thousands of students doing thousands of deals every single month, and they're doing deals with each other. They're doing deals with other wholesalers around the country, and they, I'm not involved in any of those deals. I just get to watch them happen, which is amazing. Sub two, seller finance, wholesale, fix and flip. Our program teaches everything and all of our students do everything. Novation agreements, which is something that nobody talks about. So my student learned that from me, Mark. And my student learned how to value and underwrite deals. On average, our mentorship puts in about 40 hours a week of Zooms on individual topics that allow students to jump in and go, I need to learn how to underwrite a deal. Great. We have a Zoom on Fridays all about underwriting deals. I need to learn how to talk to sellers. Great. I have somebody on my team calling sellers four hours every single day. Okay. Resource after resource after resource after resource. It's an overwhelming amount of resources. So at the end of the day, the way that my student understood how to bring the deal to me is because he, he learned how to do so over the course of my education program. Right? Um. 
Yep, Trent McClinton, $30,000 just like that. Mind-blowing. I Here's Stephen Crawford. I have no idea. He says, nope, Mark. Um, I have no idea how uh, what Stephen's going to do with that thirty grand, but I'm happy he has it. I, I imagine he... I imagine he's going to spend that money on something cool. Um, Aaron Leet says, I finished my first deal two weeks ago and I learned it from Pace while getting help from the Sub2 family. There you go. That's the amazing thing about our mentorship is that the community is what will help you continue to grow and grow and grow and grow. And there's also no limit on our mentorship because we believe a community mentorship is the only way to truly grow. Um, And so who wants to be kicked out of a community, which is what most educators do nowadays, okay? How much management goes into a mobile home park? Very little. Um, we What's amazing about this is we actually have somebody living in the park that collects all the rent and does the handyman work for a reduced price on his rent. Now, he still pays rent, but he has a reduced rent because we basically he charges about $100 a month just to be the person that everybody calls if they have an issue. He's the one that ru- drives around and knocks on everybody's door, collects the rent, makes the deposit. That is somebody living on site. And that's how most mobile home parks are. Okay. Um, Let's see here. Brian Shablo says, what team would I need to buy and operate this mobile home? Certainly as a newbie, it would be quite challenging, a property manager, and what would be the cost? Uh, Brian Shablo, I just answered that question. Um, There you go. Comma high, my brother. Pace transform, transformed our business. The community that we all have has allowed us to scale. Build a marketing machine that brings in consistent deals monthly. Let's go, bro. I also saw your guys' Instagram, your TikTok. You guys are doing such a great job. I'm su- super proud of you and your wife, um, Tristan. She's amazing. Edward Johnson says, when doing a subject to or seller finance, how do you come up with a good assignment fee? It's a great question. We answered that two weeks ago on Sunday service for about an hour. Um, So I'm not going to answer that today. In fact, we are 10 minutes late. So um, the gentleman that really, really wanted our help tonight, I wanted to break down this deal. I want to show you guys a deal that we had just bought and told you about how we valued it, where the lead came from, the money that we're making on the deal, all those types of things. And we accomplished that. We showed you guys exactly how that works. Um, The gentleman who really wanted to come in here and get questions answered um, he said at the very beginning, he says, Pace, call on me. I have questions. And um, unfortunately, he's not, he's nowhere to be found. So, um, guys, if you want to join sub two, there's 14 states that we're locked out of. We are sold out in 14 states. Um, click on the link in the side chat to see if your state is open, if there's a spot available, and um, would love to have you in there. Any of my students will attest that they absolutely love it. Our mentorship is one of those mentorships you pay one time. You're in for life in five years, 10 years from now. I'll be cranking out Zooms every single week. And you guys will just absolutely love hanging out with uh, the sub two students. Check it out. Steve Crawford, Mr. How do I get rich is how he jumped into our mentorship. So uh, Utah is the best group, FYI. I need to make a group, a uh, uh, trip up to Utah. So guys, thanks for joining us. Um, A little over 300 people joined tonight. We didn't promote this tonight. We just do it every Sunday, 7 p.m. So please come in next week. We're going to be doing just a general Q&A next week. 
Um, we're not going to talk about any items specifically. We're just going to go through the chat and answer question by question by question. So please invite your friends, share this on YouTube, give us a subscribe. I really appreciate you guys being here. And um, I am just so grateful to have this opportunity to come in and teach you guys what we're doing. Every single day, we're buying cash flow. We've got a deal right now in North Carolina that I'm super happy about. It's another uh, similar situation where I've got a student who ran into a wholesaler who locked a seller into a contract at full retail, put the seller in a really bad situation. Her name is Jacqueline out of North Carolina. Put her in a really bad situation to the point where she moved all of her stuff out of her house, expecting to close escrow with that wholesaler. The wholesaler ghosted her until one of my students reached out to that wholesaler and said, hey, do you have anything I can help you with? The wholesaler said, oh my gosh, I locked this seller into a really bad situation. She's moved all her stuff out of the house. We're supposed to close escrow and I don't know what to do. Just take the lead off my hands. And we ended up calling the seller, buying the deal, 2.87% interest, sub two deal, North Carolina, going to turn into an Airbnb. I'll probably make a couple thousand dollars a month on that deal. And man alive, we have stories like that every single week. So once that deal closes, which I think that deal closes this week, and then I have another one in Decatur, Georgia closing this week. And then the week after that, we have three more sub twos uh, closing the following week. Guys, it's just compounding cash flow, cash flow, cash flow, cash flow. One deal can change your life. One deal can change your life. Whereas most people are sitting there thinking, I got to go build 30, 40 um, you know, home portfolio until I can actually have that financial freedom. If you're going after uh, an Airbnb, you're going after a mobile home park, you're going after a higher cash flowing exit strategy, one deal can truly cause you to quit your job and go full time. Then it's second deal is like, wow, my lifestyle changed. Third deal you do is like, holy moly, I'm the richest guy in my neighborhood. Fourth deal is like, oh my gosh, I need to move out of this neighborhood. These people are poor. I'm telling you, it is absolutely amazing what creative finance can do for you. So um, Ramon says, I waited. Let's see. Pace, don't go. Um, okay, Ramon, what's your question? I will get one last question for the night. Ramon Cardona says, I have a long question. I need to talk to you. So I'm giving him the question. It's interesting because like we do 30, 40 hours a week of Zooms and Ramon couldn't wait to answer his question in our, in our Zooms. So let's get him on the live. Aaron Leet says, Pace, are you in your old house right now or your new place? I am in my new house. I've been here for about two, three months. It looks like the same house because I just put the same painting behind me. Hey, Ramon, what's up, bro? I can hear you. Yeah, one sec. I'm trying to pause your... Give me one sec. I'm trying to close the other... How do I... Uh, I got to mute the other YouTube, I guess. 
I don't know, bro. I, w- I wish this was a how to use technology mentorship, but it's not. I'm sorry. Um, here we go. All right, here We've we go. got, I got it. You hear me? Jacqueline says, where do we check what state is available? So guys, I just gave you the link. It says link to our private mentorship. If you click on go.sub2.com forward slash start, which I just gave you the link, it's in the side chat. Go in there and it'll tell you, you'll have to watch a video and all that kind of stuff, but go in there. It'll tell you if your state is open. All right, go ahead. How's it going, Ramon? I'm good. Thanks for taking the time. I really didn't want to uh, have you pass me because I've been trying to get an answer for this. Um, I tried to get the sub two, um, give me an answer, but nobody really responded. So I have a situation that I have a seller right now. I'm trying to get him under contract, um, but he's in a situation I've never heard of. So originally I was going to do try to do a flip with my partner for this property. Um, I offered him two different offers. One was a cash one was um, sub two. So I gave him some time to think it over. You know, I've been talking to him, just checking up on him. Um, I messaged him yesterday and I found out why he was kind of holding back. So he still has a mortgage on his property, but he has something called a ship loan, S-H-I-P. And I don't know if you, you've ever heard of this. This is in Florida. Um, basically, is this it's a the one where they help you with a down payment to get you into the house? Yes. Every state has these. Every single state has these. Yeah, so I don't know how to go you, about you this. D- you DM me on Instagram about this, and I told you to I go did. to Zoom. Yeah, but the, the, the thing is, um, so you said land contract. Okay, so I, let's talk about this for a second. Yes. What you're saying is if the seller actually sells the property, then the, the, the city is going to reduce his equity by 50%. So there's nothing he can do except sell it to you over a long period of time on a land contract. If you go and your exit is going to be a cash deal and you're going to fix and flip it and a homeowner is going to buy that deal, he would have to sell or finance it to that end buyer in order for him to avoid that 50% of equity um, attack from the city. Okay. So let me, let me reiterate that one more time. If your seller wants to retain all of his equity, the only way for him to do that is to sell it over a long period of time. So if you decide we really just want to fix and flip it, he's going to lose half his equity. That's all there is to it. Okay. Even if I do a buy and hold like a seller finance, but no, 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 no. Hold on. Those are two completely different things, brother. Remember, a fix and flip and a buy and hold are not even closely related. No, I know that. So originally my exit was a, a flip until I found this out. Okay, a fix, so other- a fix and flip. Let's just, let's just cross that off the table right now. A fix and flip mm-hmm. while you would make money and the seller would get some of his equity, a fix and flip would cause the buyer, right? Tommy and Tammy Smith mm-hmm. going down to Bank of America, getting a new loan, buying this property from you and paying off his old loan would cause him to lose half of his equity. So a fix and flip is not the best exit strategy Correct. for you. Yes. So even if I do a buy and hold, this is the problem. Once a year, they have somebody come and check if the homeowner is living in the property. And then they also send out um, paperwork that has to be proved, that has to be sent out mm-hmm. as proof that they're living there. Okay, so every state has the same program and no state actually does that. What they do is they verify 
that there's a utility. What they'll do is they'll ask for a utility that's still in the seller's name. And they will also verify on title that the seller's name is still on title, which obviously it will be. So what you do is you buy it on a land contract because on a land contract, it does not transfer title or deed. The seller keeps their name on the title. And I, bro, you need to come into the Zoom on Tuesday night and I'll explain this way more in detail, but I'm giving you, this is my free podcast. So you coming in here for this question, I understand why you're doing it because you need an answer right away. Um, but on Tuesday, I can detail this out more. Okay. So what you do is the seller needs to keep one utility in his name. Could be an internet line. It could be a water line. It could be anything. Doesn't matter. Okay. okay. And the seller needs to keep, um, you need to buy it on a land contract. And you could technically, if you wanted to, you could turn around and sell it on a land contract. But the seller's name has to stay on the uh, deed so that the city doesn't see that he's sold the property. Okay, so would I have a problem renting it? Not at all. It, it can't be he said that it can't be it can't be refied, it can't be sold and it can't be rented. Yes, it can be. It can't be refinanced, it can't be sold unless we already established that a couple minutes ago. Mm -hmm. It can't be refinanced and it can't be sold unless he's willing to lose half of his equity, right? In this ship program. Okay. The thing that okay. worried me was the rental. Cause he was like, the rental is not even an issue whatsoever. Okay. Okay. Do That's you think the city has time to physically send anybody out to these properties and how would they actually do that? They're going to come and knock on your home and be all intrusive. That does not happen anywhere in the country. Okay. okay. What, what happens is they ask you to send out, they have you fill out a packet and they have the seller supply a utility in his name and then they also verify that the homeowner still has their name on the deed. Gotcha. I, I have okay. one just like this in Mesa where the seller bought it with a down payment assistant program from the city where the city, um, actually it wasn't even a down payment. What it was is the seller was in forbearance. The city came in, helped them out, caught them up. And then they said, if you don't own the property for at least 15 years, we will take half of your equity. And so what happens is this, and it's all over the country. We do transactions all over the country. The city will not go to the property. The city will ask for a utility statement and for the seller to fill out the packet. Okay. Can I ask you one last question? Yeah, of course. If I'm going to read, I'm going to relate this information to him. If I have trouble him believing it or something, is there any way I could get something from you in writing that would better explain it so I could give it to him? What do you think the answer is? I don't know. <laughs> have you not seen me write e uh, credibility emails to all the students? Yes, I have. Okay, so what's the answer? Yes. Of course. Can you please do that for me? Because I'm supposed to be in charge of him like this week. Absolutely not. <laughs> don't you, don't you, don't you, th th this is the thing you got to remember, Okay. I don't like writing credibility emails to sellers because what happens is you end up sending the seller an email and the seller reads an email rather than you overcoming their objections over the phone. If you're trying to get the email to be the reason why it's overcoming the objection, get on the phone. That's why I don't want to send it for you. You need to get on the phone. What you should do is call him up and say, hey, I talked to my partner, Pace. Pace does deals all over the country and him and I partner on deals in Florida. This is his experience. If you want to talk with Pace, he's available on Tuesdays. What is Tuesday, Ramon? 
That's the uh, Q&A. That's the Q&A Tuesday night, mm -hmm. right? So you yeah. can bring your seller to the Tuesday night Q&A and I would be happy to talk to your seller. Okay, great. I just might do that. I'll see. I'm going to call him tomorrow. You better, okay. you better bring him. I would much rather, honestly, I would much rather talk to your seller than write him an email because my experience yeah. is that sellers will read an email rather than build better rapport with you via phone. And for me, I'd rather you build better rapport and have confidence in, in what you're saying. But if not, bring him to Tuesday Zoom. All of the students would love to see me talk to the seller about these, this stuff. Okay. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Of sorry course. Don't be sorry. The reason why I, I the reason I, why I'm a little bit abrupt is I'm not just talking to you, am I? I'm talking to, you know, we've got 300 plus people in here, and I'd say a good 200 of them are sub two students, and so I'm talking to you, but I'm really talking to all the students and letting them know we do have like 35 zooms a week that you could come into, right? And unfortunately, you wanted to talk to me on Saturday, but I didn't have good internet. So it's like the one time in the entire year I canceled my Saturday Zoom and you probably were like, oh crap, now I got to go into Pace's Sunday service, right? Well, I, I didn't mind. It was all right. <laughs> all right, cool. All right, thank you, man. I appreciate it. Of course. I'll see you on Tuesday. All right, thank you. Of course. So um, Lawrence uh, or Daniel Robbins says, are you going to be on Laura's late night Zoom Tuesday? I will not be on Laura's late night Zoom Tuesday. I want you guys, it's called Laura Live. Laura Live is going to be going simultaneously. So you got to make a decision. Do you want to be on my Q&A or do you want to be on Laura Live? We've got to do both because I, I really need to do my Tuesday Q&A with you guys. Um, so she will do seven to nine, but I will be on my Zoom from five to 10, I believe right? Tech Cheng says, there's more hours of Zooms than hours I sleep per week. That is absolutely true. Um, we do. I was talking to somebody today about how, I feel bad saying this, but how most mentorships can never keep up with us because what we do is we have um, a little over 30 Zooms per week. We have role-playing. We have my team calling sellers. We have, uh, we have an attorney coming in from North Carolina who is wrapping up a deal for me in North Carolina. He's going to be coming in and talking about the legalities of sub two, seller finance, novation agreements, wraps, all sorts of amazing creative finance stuff. And then we're going to take the sound bites from that attorney and then make videos for all the students to send out to all their sellers and say, look, this attorney said X, Y, and Z. Da, 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 da. So that's happening this week. Um, I personally will be, end up, I will end up doing six Zooms myself this week. And then my team will do another 18 on top of that. Now, as a sub two student, you have the job of making sure you pick and choose what content and what specialty training you really need help with. But my job is to overwhelm you. My job is to give you an overwhelming amount of value all the time, consistently. Um, and then you have to determine what you need in your business in that moment, right? Um, all right. Now, um, guys, yes, I am bringing in Harry Marsh. I actually am bringing in Harry Marsh. He is coming in. Cameron Butler says, seriously, though, how much is the mentorship? I really want to join. Cameron, if price is what you're really worried about, then it's probably not the right mentorship for you, to be honest. Um, so 
Any sub two students in Oregon? Yes, we have several sub two students in Oregon, several sub two students in Oregon. So guys, um, I will see you next Sunday. We are going to be doing primarily Sunday service is going to be primarily just Q and a just riffing and answering any questions that anybody needs. If you guys want to see if you are one of the 36 states that's actually still open, please click on the link and see if there's any openings for you. Guys, thank you so much. Hopefully you guys got some value tonight and we will see you on our next episode of Sunday Service. Later.